Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very senior executive and leadership coach, Mr. J.P. Singh. J.P., welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Ashutosh. Uh, JP, as I mentioned, is a senior executive and leadership coach, and he's the former managing director of Bosch and Long. So, uh, JP, uh, you know, since 2008, you have focused on, and to quote you, co-evolution, co-creation, and facilitation in the execution of highly focused, distilled, and clear thoughts, insights, and action plans with measurable results, stroke, return, and investment. Let's start with you explaining to me and to our viewers and listeners what you mean and give us an example if you can. Sure. So, Ashutosh, you've picked up the the most key message out of my entire profile. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm, I'm delighted that my positioning statement is uh, hitting the right people. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, uh, my philosophy has been always uh, to co-create, uh, work with people. Right. Not just when I started as a coach, but I believe results are better mm-hmm. when you have people together. So it's not between the coach, coachee or the you know leader, follower. Mm-hmm. It's also between stakeholders. So I've been always using this uh, co-creation, evolving with people. Mm-hmm. I have a formula. You know, performance is equal to idea into acceptance. Okay. So you may have the best idea, but if acceptance is zero, mm-hmm. then performance is going to be zero. Correct. So therefore, uh, I adopted always this uh, philosophy of uh, co-evolving and co-creation. Mm-hmm. And uh, so even when I was working as an executive, I would get teams together and help build these things. My philosophy got further strengthened, you know, when uh, uh, I was, you know, studying Vedanta, uh, I came across these three C's of success in this world. Mm-hmm. They are concentration, consistency, and collaboration. Okay. Or co- cooperation. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you look at natural ecosystems, mm-hmm. the the history of evolution is a history of collaboration, mm-hmm. not of combat. Mm-hmm. So you have, you know, gene pool sharing and you have uh, symbiotic coexistence. Mm-hmm. So also in organizations which are, which are ecosystems, you know, the best form of evolution is co-creation, co-sharing. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, everyone in the organization has the, the information. Okay. Uh, when, you, when you start solving problems, as reinforced in the coaching process later on. Mm. The belief is that the coachee has all the solutions. Correct. So also in an organization. So why not bring the best ideas of everyone? Mm. Let everyone put solutions on the table Mm. and call out the most insightful solution that is accepted by all. Okay. Very interesting. Sorry, go ahead. That's the kind of philosophy that led me to it. Very, very interesting. So I'm sure we'll talk a little more about it as we talk about the other questions that I have. But after a successful corporate career, what was the the motivation to become a coach? 
Okay, so these two are uh, actually a bit linked. Mm. I, I, my, my personality, you know, whenever I did a, a psychographics or psychometric test, I, it came up as a more of collaborative, a sense of belonging. <clears throat> so my leadership style was also like that always. And I was somewhere getting a bit disillusioned by the kind of leadership that we, you know, we see and practice. And I'm, I'm guilty of that as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Ordering, pushing, you know, do it. Mm. And I, I sat and thought to myself, mm. you know, is this the kind of leadership I, is this the way I want to lead my life mm. you know, for the balance part of my, my journey? Mm. And I did a little bit of reflection on my own. And I said, you know, uh, I do mission statements and vision statements for my teams and organizations. What about myself? Mm. And that reflection led me to say that, you know, if end of it, the purpose is to, to, to serve, to help people. And the more I thought and reflected, the more I polish uh, that kind of mission for myself. Mm -hmm. So I coined it as uh, to help organizations and individuals in realizing their potential, mm -hmm. but not through ordering and pushing and instructing, but mm -hmm. by hand-holding and facilitating. Very interesting. And that's where I said, if that's the case, then let me do something where I, I can broaden my scope and help everyone. So it was more of a you know, purpose-led uh, call that made me shift mm. uh, to, to being on my own. But coaching was not fully you know, established at that point in time. This was 10, 12 years back. Mm. So I said, what should I call myself? Mm. Uh, I didn't know there was a thing called professional coaching so much. Mm -hmm. I said, the only word that comes to mind is helper. Mm -hmm. so, so in the absence of anything, I said, okay, let's start with consulting. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, as I went along, I came across this term called professional coaching. And I realized that was bang on, you know, mm -hmm. with my mission. Wonderful. And that's how I, you know, gradually moved into this realm. Wonderful. So, you know, uh, that takes me to my next question. That, you know, 40, 42, 43 years ago, when I was 21 and joined ITC, uh, coaching or mentoring was done either by a family elder or by a senior uh, manager or someone senior to you who took a liking to you. What has changed in the last two or three decades that today people are willing to pay to be coached? Yeah. You know, uh, very often when I reflect on this, I go back to Indian culture. Hmm. You're rightly, you rightly saying, you know, we were uh, coached by family members and elders. And, uh, the first and the most impressive coach I know of is Krishna. Absolutely right. And uh, we have a you know tradition of uh, Guru Shishya Parampara. And, uh, Ram had a coach. Mm. Krishna had a coach. Vashisht. Mm. Uh, Ram had a coach. Uh, and uh, Shivaji and so many others. All all our uh, uh, you know kings had gurus and correct. So this tradition has been on for a very, very long time. Over the last uh, 20, 25 years, 30 years, I was told to have a coach some 20 years back by my HR and he said, what, wow. coach me, you know, mm -hmm. JP Singh doesn't need a coach. <laughs> mm -hmm. But things, it, what happens is that things have become a little more complex these days. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, and, and most of the 
executives I coach or work with mm. are, you know, they're, they're into firefighting all the time. Mm. So sometimes you need to need time to step back mm. and look at yourself from outside. You know, there's a thing called self-coaching. If I'm evolved enough, I can ask myself mm. the right questions and reflect. And so you don't need a coach actually then in that case. But the issue is, I think that the time to self-reflect and detach, mm. uh, again, what Krishna calls Sakshi Bhav, to move back mm. away, to look at yourself from outside and find your answers. Mm. Sometimes you don't get those. And mm. we need someone to th- help us throw light on these issues mm. in a detached, unbiased manner. Very interesting. So, you know, when I was reading about you, one of the things that you have developed is leading through coaching. Um, help me understand what you do in this process. So, as I said earlier, my my inherent style itself is of Procreation. a sense of belonging and feeling yeah. and cooperation mm. and collaboration. So, whenever I led people, I was never of the belief of, you know, what they call leader follower now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would take them along and help people, even in the most critical situations. I believe that you know, sometimes in, in, in crisis, we tend to rush forward. Mm-hmm. But also what happens is uh, one mistake I do get multiplied by 100 followers. So if I involve people and take their views and help them come up with solutions, mm-hmm. that's where the most optimal solutions and most acceptable and motivated actions come up. Mm. So to give you an example, you know, uh, what comes to mind is we had inherited a, a, a business which was not making money. Mm-hmm. And uh, so one way was, you know, give a diktat as the head of the business or entity. So cut down Corsair, do this, you know. So what we did was we got all functional heads into the room and said, you know, uh, this is the situation. We we survive or we don't, and we're all in it together. So what do you feel is the actions we could take? No diktat. Hmm. So everyone came up with their own action points, put it on the table. And you know, in their own solutions, in their own answers, mm. they came up with uh, action points which are totally motivated. Mm. Within one year, you know, we had uh, pass cutting down, you know, five about seven to eight percent float down straight to the bottom line. Mm. And uh, then we could, you know, a year, two years later, then had to move on to organic growth because the PNL was okay now. Yeah. And yet again, you know, the direction to take. Uh, what vision and purpose now to set for the organization uh, was what I got them all together uh, and, and created, you know, five key strategic issues mm-hmm. that we needed to address and prioritize them. So at every stage, I believe that, uh, you know, if I lead through co-evolution and co-creation, mm-hmm. the action steps can be very measurable and motivated. So that's what I, you know, summed up as leading through coaching rather than instructions at all. Wonderful. So my, my next question to you is that uh, from 
the perspective of a coachee, how do they determine that I have a good coach? Yeah. You know, I firmly believe that before selection of the coach, it's a, it's a very important process. Correct. That's one. And then subsequently to, you know, finally say, okay, yeah, I had a good coach. Mm. Uh, to start with, you know, the practice that is followed is uh, looking at uh, a chemistry call. Mm-hmm. But even in earlier days in Indian philosophy, you know, you, you uh, had a guru, you selected a guru, a lot of time was taken in identifying each other, compatibility, respect. Correct. What was called, again, can't be replicated today. Mm. Shraddha. Mm. There's no word in English for Shraddha. Mm. You know, so that faith loosely translated you know, in the coach, uh, res- mutual respect. So in that chemistry call, what the coachee tries to do is identify whether they can, you know, work with the coach. Mm. Is there compatibility? Is there other vibes? Because you know, functional skills are only a, a, a base condition. Mm. Functional knowledge. You, know, you may may have been a very senior executive, but uh, that's history. Mm. Uh, is there? Is the coach demonstrating self awareness first of all? Is the coach demonstrating self uh, self management? Mm-hmm. Is the coach emotionally intelligent? Mm-hmm. Can be detached. So the coachee should try to assess these. Apart from skills, you know, the good listener should sure. master, you know. Very interesting. Okay. But subsequently, having done it, the first call that comes before we do any pre-post tests is a call within the coachee, and he says, "Aha, you know." I think I've changed mm. before any ECGs and you know X-rays are done to figure out what change has happened. Yeah, the coach registers within himself or mm. herself. Fascinating. So let me now move to uh, the new generation of young people who has now entered the workforce: the millennials and the Gen Zs. Millennials are in their mid thirties; the Gen Zs are in their mid twenties. My first question to you is, what is your view in terms of coaching a lot of these young people because their thinking processes are probably very different from the people who are in their mid 40s or mid 50s? You know, millennials are, they seem to be, you know, irreverent and, uh, you know, but, but what I see is they're very aspirational. They're very conscious of growth. They do not look at authority. And uh, I mean, authority as in force authority. So mm-hmm. they, are, they are very agile, the minds, they're digital natives. They're very adaptive Correct. to thoughts. And so my, my belief and experience and even experience is that this process is the best suited for millennials. Mm. Maybe more suited than for 40s and 50 year olds. Mm. Because millennials don't like to be told. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I've seen millennials respond so beautifully mm. to reflect. Provided, obviously, you know, you are, the, the millennial is not willing to take authority. 
So if you are able to, you know, get them to feel that they are comfortable, mm. it's a safe space to reflect. I've seen millennials respond, you know, in a way that they'll reflect and visualize metaphors that like no one else can. You know, a 20, 22-year-old was, you know, brilliant in, in within two uh, sessions to crack. Mm. Uh, you know, he was describing something as a, an obstacle. And then I said, what is the obstacle? He described a wall. And I said, what kind of a wall is it? And he came up with, and he said, oh, sir, I've got it. Mm. <laughs> so these are people, you know, I think the coaching process was meant for them. Mm. But actually, you know, I've heard that in certain Western countries and more developed countries, the millennials are actually asking for coaching as a part of the joining package. Mm. So it's a great acceptance, great sign. You know, they're, they're negotiating coaching as a part of their, you know, uh, CDC. Okay. And a, uh, a follow-up question for that would be that how do you think the young people, the millennials and the Gen Zs are strengthening the workplace and what vulnerabilities do they bring with them? See, I think very clearly they're bringing in uh, adaptability, mm-hmm. new ideas, uh, very high execution orientation. Mm. And therefore, if, if channelized well, you know, if the energy flow is channelized well, they can be assets. Correct. The the thing is that with you know with the current age and with so much exposure to so much information, uh, there is this sense of instant gratification. Mm-hmm. So this feeling that you know everything should happen. So they are more about results than process. Mm. So that's the thing that I think uh, we, we, we need to be aware of. And even the millennials, I think, are aware of it. Okay. Uh, but, uh, but you know, we can't tell them mm. because they are aspirational. Mm. So if we need to channelize, it has to be done in the right way. So instead of instant gratification, you know, if they can understand there are no shortcuts and mm. it may take time, uh, I think it's a it's an explosive combination. Wonderful. So, JP, I'm now going to move to the next segment of our conversation. Um, Our viewers and listeners love to get to know our guest a little better. So I have a few questions for you personally. Mm -hmm. Uh, My first question is that in a successful career that you have had, what would you say are three key milestones or pivot points? Okay. I think uh, various, various learnings, you know, in a in a journey of life, we mm. can't essentially pinpoint anything specific. But you know, every stage, uh, I, for example, my the first was my my working with an organization called Lakme. Mm-hmm. It was a Tata organization, and yeah, and that was a great lesson in uh, culture, teamwork, professionalism, mm. and that transition from. And you know, Lakme was a very comfortable, nice place to work for. Mm. Very professional, but very nice. And, mm. and not that the other places I went to were not nice and comfortable, right. but yeah. uh, a shift in cultures. You know, mm. That nuance, if you pick up, mm. you know, it, it gives you a hell of a lot of wealth. Mm. My second organization and that shift took me to uh, India Today, Living Media. Mm. So one was an exposure to a very different 
uh, set of products, mm. applications, uh, subscription was just being mm. launched with Business Today then. And so right. an exposure to the, to the annuity model. And music mm. today was launched there. So a very different set of product categories that, and culture, you know, professional journalism. Correct. But it, you know, the nuances are very different mm. and it enriches your experience and thought process. Mm. And the next was when I moved to Bosch and Long, which was a startup and a multinational. So an Indian uh, Tata kind of culture, an Indian journalist culture, and a multinational mm. in startup. Uh, except for Ray-Ban, we were not market leaders unlike India Today and Lackey. Mm. So to set up a business like contact lenses, which is a very new concept. Mm. Uh, so these three, and then like I shared with you, you know, when I moved into uh, coaching, when that mindset shift started happening, mm. um, I guess it took me a five-year journey from 2006 to 11. Mm. was a big shift for me uh, to move into my own passion called coaching. Nice. Very nice. So, JP, I have time for two more questions and I was trying to decide what to ask, but I'm going to ask the next question is going to be on failure. Um, I had a new book that came out in March on failure. And I've often said that parents in India, South Asia, Southeast Asia, don't teach children it's okay to fail. We are always told come first in class, go to the head of the line and all these manifest itself in our behavior patterns. Yet we fail, we learn. My question to you is, what have been some of your learnings from some of your mistakes? Yeah, bang on. Uh, we, we, we were always introduced to our relatives and friends who came home as, oh, we took class my first start that mission. Ah. Always scoring right. you know, 80% for those days. 99.9% you know, mm. these days. Correct. Yeah, so, you know, I was also one of those who had not faced failure. Mm. So, rejection for a promotion, for example, mm. was just not accepted. Mm. Uh, and then I reflect later on that, you know, if I was standing first in class always, mm. or second or third, whatever, mm. uh, how can I not be promoted? Mm. And on reflection later on, one realizes that you know there, there, there could ha it was good for me not to be promoted then because there were certain other skills that we had to learn, mm. uh, and to to move into that role a year or two or two years later mm. because otherwise you are set up for failure. In any case. So rather than seeing that as uh, a failure, I, not then, because I was never taught to accept failure, mm. later on realized that, you know, these are one year, two years, three years here and there are not losses in a, in a lifespan. Mm. Uh, these are just, you know, sometimes you catch up on the race and sometimes someone else catches up on the race. Simon Sinek uh, wrote a beautiful book called Infinite uh, Game. So it's a, it's, a, it's a journey that continues. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. And JP, my last question to you, and this is for the many, many people who will listen to our conversation. What would your advice be to a young individual starting off on her or his journey in the corporate world? <clears throat> One would be very clearly, uh, there are no shortcuts. Mm -hmm. Do the right thing. Do the right action. Mm -hmm. 
whether it was Krishna who said, you know, do your karma or today's world that we see every day, you know, greed mm. uh, definitely leads to some rash decisions or, uh, you know, wrong actions. Mm. Uh, things will come on their own. Like the story about Caterpillar, it has to fight the shell on its own to become strong. It takes time. So never ever uh, to take a wrong action. We've right. seen, you know, business stories are replete with in the last two, three decades, full of stories of uh, greed that led to something. Mm. So do the right thing. And, you know, going back to the age old uh, school, in, in school we were told to narrate, you know, these quotations. Mm. One that comes back to me again and again uh, now is if wealth is lost, nothing is lost. Okay. If health is lost, definitely something is lost. And if character is lost, mm. everything is lost. Mm. Last, you know, two years, uh, last two, three decades, they've just repeated, you know, told me the same thing again. A very simple learning. Wonderful. Wonderful. JP, thank you so much. It's been such thank a so pleasure much, speaking to you. Thank you for talking to me and on so many different aspects of coaching. Thank you so much, Ashutosh. Yeah, Pleasure no always. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website, www.tbcy.in, to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.